Wickham Wanderers show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers show uh, with Bob and myself. A very good evening to you. Thank you very much indeed for for joining us, for having us on in a strange week, because we'll be reviewing a game on a Tuesday night, but not one on a Saturday. That's true. I don't think that's happened before, And the fact that we can almost say thank you to Colin for doing drive time as well, (laughs) which will make no sense if you're listening on the podcast, but but Colin has has been keeping the desk warm for the last hour. Yeah, it might raise a smile, especially now you've explained it. Yes, indeed. Um, So yes, we will be reviewing the uh, victory uh, against Burton Albion. Uh, but not talking about the game on Saturday. I mean, to fact, there wasn't one. No, uh, Gareth was there watching something, watching some football, he said. Yes. He wasn't doing any DIY or anything. Um, and we have a game, of course, this Saturday as well. Two home games in a row. Uh, Burton on Tuesday, obviously, and uh, now AFC Wimbledon are the visitors to Adams Park uh, on Saturday, three o'clock. Uh, there's going to be various festive things going on, apparently. Yeah, no, it sounds very good indeed. No, no fireworks, then. Oh, no. no. That's Boxing Day. Yes. Uh, watch out for those if you're in the area. The wonder of Wickham. Nice. Uh, we'll be hearing from the manager, Gareth Ainsworth. Also, you spoke to him this morning as well. I did, yeah. It was very interesting. Uh, he talks about what he thinks about the whole Wimbledon moving situation. Um, he talks about uh, David Wheeler uh, being a Swiss Army knife. Um, all, all will be revealed later in the show. Do you think he's got pet, pet names for all his players? Uh, yes, possibly. I think Swiss Army knife is probably the best one. Yeah, uh, You know, it, it's better than the Gibraltar uh, Tevez. Absolutely. Oh, well, from Paul Or Messi. Fol- no, it was Messi, wasn't it? That was it. Thing. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, TJ. The Gibraltar Tevez. Yes. No, or was it? I can't remember now. I think you came up with that, or somebody else, somebody else came up with that. Yeah. <laughs> Either would be all right, though, wouldn't it? You can tell it's live this week, can't you? <laughs> yes. Isn't it? <laughs> what do you mean this week? Uh, also... <laughs> <laughs> also, that's an in-joke as well. Uh, also, we'll be hearing from Paul Foley, who's the head of the Wickham Wanderers Sport and Education Trust, uh, as the uh, game w- we're talking about, the Burton Encounter. The Burton Encounter. The Burton Encounter. Sounds, sounds, sounds like a, a 1940s film. <laughs> was allocated uh, the Rainbow Laces match. Uh, more on that to come as well. We'll chat to John uh, John Bignall, uh, who is... Um, well, he's been lots of things. He's followed the club since the 50s. He... Um, I don't think his name is John Bignall either. But... Uh, <laughs> Also, that's what I wrote down. Is it? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's encouraging. Yes. But somehow I had a different name in my head for some well, reason. No, that's always, that was always bad, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. He supported the club and followed the club since the, the 50s. He's also been the secretary. You were <laughs> doubting yourself at the very <laughs> vital moments. Absolutely. Just back to And you gave enough. in to that. that and then that, committed. No, and John Bignall is what I've got written down. Uh, he sounds really, really, really interesting uh, because he was basically in charge of the reserve side under Martin O'Neill. Uh, and obviously that was quite an important thing, uh, a position to be in uh, because of course, way back when, uh, they used to have reserve sides, and that used to be your way for getting into the first team. Of course, we don't really have that quite so much in the same way anymore. Uh, maybe because of the number of games, because we now have the development B team, whatever you want to call them. Um, Sam Grace's boys, I think is the way that they're, they're, they're known now. Um, but yes, so we will be speaking to John Bignall later on. That was close. Uh, also, I'm very pleased to say that I've got that right, and also very pleased to uh, be chatting uh, this week about three points on a Tuesday night, which keeps us level with the leaders. What a fantastic display it was, particularly in the first half. Uh, we were all over Burton Albion, um, and well-deserved our goals. Brandon Hannon take a bouser, because it was an absolutely fantastic goal after 16 minutes. Uh, and Gareth McCleary then getting... Uh, uh, a, a very well-deserved goal just before half-time, but really, you, you had to watch it, and you were probably thinking, at half-time, we should have probably been going in maybe three, maybe, maybe even four, that wouldn't have been too greedy. Whereas, yeah, 2-0 was, was probably the, the bare minimum that we deserved. 
Absolutely, and I guess I, I know it's easy to look at the, the league table, but if you look, you know how, how how many different places we are in the table to them, you, you, you thought this would be a game for the taking quite well. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they are tenth um, um, before this game. They were, he says, quickly doing the maths. They were ten points um, behind us, but actually, in in you know, a fairly congested uh, League One. Then, as you're rightly saying, I think that's that that's a bit of a, a, a leap. And really, yes, we should be looking to beat the sides like Burton Albion if we are serious about this. Particularly if we're serious about this automatic promotion lark uh, then that's the sort of game that we should be winning uh, obviously it was slightly concerning in the second half that they did then come back into it um, as Gareth has has said and will be alluding to in a few moments you very much expect a team to come back like that you don't quite expect them to score the goal that they did though which was slightly bizarre and everybody it was as if time sort of slowed down it was a slight Doctor Who type moment um, and everybody watched the, the ball go in and the only person who really thought that actually it was a goal was the referee uh, so well, we'll hear the thoughts of the manager Gareth Ainsworth speaking to Phil after the game Burton are always going to have a spell especially after half time because I thought we were super dominant first half some of the best football we've played and for, for a long ball side we, uh, we we did quite well I thought you know and uh, <laughs> people keep thinking that so that's great for me and uh, you watch some of the play in that first half it was it was fantastic you know um, I don't think we put one hopeful ball in the box I thought they were all purposeful I thought um, the chances were plenty I, I was disappointed we didn't score more goals if I'm honest um, there's some good defending and some cracking saves from their keeper but um, some of the stuff we've been working on in training really coming to fruition during the games um, half time was we always knew that um, somebody like Jimmy who I've got a lot of respect for would get his team right up for it second half and you're going to have that onslaught you know all teams no matter who you are you're going to have these 10 minutes 5 minutes 10 minutes and then it's about riding the storm changing that momentum trying to turn the tide and we did that really well I thought um, I thought there was some fantastic defending um, but also the running and the work rate of the two strikers just kept releasing us forward and kept getting us up the pitch um, Gareth McCleary Anis Mometa you know what you're going to get from those players they're very dangerous players um, but then I thought that, uh, one of the pivotal points was the change when David Wheeler comes on and, and really shows up that midfield which they were starting to dominate but when Wheels came on who uh, who is more of that aggressive physical player on a night like tonight um, I thought he was outstanding as well but um, now some, some real good performances you know Chris Farino getting his league debut um, really really pleased for him but he's got a wealth of experience right around him Curtis Thompson Jack Crimmer Joe Jacobson David Stockdale I'd like to make my league debut with those four surrounding me you know it was uh, it was an awesome performance from him but uh, again he'll be saying it's all about the team and it is um, the boys who didn't get on um, I, I feel for because you know you want to be part of this but believe me they all will be we've got a heck of a schedule coming up but uh, after the break you always worry but the boys have uh, have come up trumps, you know, and uh, really proud of them tonight. Wickham dominated the first half, and that second goal in first half stoppage time seemed like a just rewards, but turned out to be a very vital goal. Yeah, and and you've got to you've got to take your chances when you're on top. How many times do you see this, you know? And uh, you watch game after game, and you know that when you have these spells and when you're on top, you must take those chances. You um, um, in the past, this club's probably been guilty of playing well, having chances, and not taking them. Um, uh, but we've got some clinical finishes now, you know, Sam Volks, Brandon Hanlon, what a goal he scored tonight, Gareth McCleary, you always know that, you know, there's danger when he's about. Um, I'd like a couple more from other areas and, and we're working on that, but um, it was uh, it was great to go in at 2-0. It's always a dodgy scoreline though, you know, because you're always worried when, when teams come at you. 
but um, I thought we saw the game out really well um, and could have had a couple more second half but um, I'll take the three points uh, and move on to Wimbledon on Saturday Also in first half stoppage time there was uh, the young Burton striker Jefferson had been booked previously in the first half and there was a late tackle on Brandon Hannah a long chat from the referee do you feel that perhaps that should have been the second yellow? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to comment on that you know it's the referee's job they've always got a tough job um, it's, you know, it speaks a lot that, that Jimmy's took him off at half time um, I don't know, I think there's many more fouls left in him um, but um, like I said the referee makes those decisions um, I thought there was a couple of challenges that he let go and then a couple that he gave that looked very similar but <clears throat> on the whole like I say it's a tough job in the middle of the park and uh, and the, the uh, you know the Burton team are going to beat teams that they're eighth, ninth in the league. You know for a reason. They work hard. Jimmy's got a good outfit there. Uh, I was was worried about this one. It's a tough place. It's a tough, sorry, tough game. Um, and it's always a tough place to go to Burton. But um, fortunately, last last game of the season. Now we can move on to Wimbledon Saturday. Uh, the second or the second half, the first goal for Burton was quite a surreal one. It, it's almost as if people had stopped. What was your view on it? Slow motion, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the ball got. Uh, I think they got stuck under under some feet and I think there was a potential push in there and that's what the boys were expecting to be given uh, it's probably a lesson that you don't stop until the final whistle David Stockdale's unsighted it seems to go past him quite close but I think he's he's trying to look around people and didn't see it coming um, you know it happens uh, just that's uh, as you say why it's so important to capitalise when you're on top and getting the two goal cushion was uh, was important tonight but um, no again it's just another win um, we've got to keep clocking these up now um, you know Ryan Tafazoli Josh Scorn Daryl Horgan Zilli Kaikai you know as well as some of our youngsters you know who didn't get on the pitch today um, I've got a good squad behind me now um, Dominic Gabe and Nick Freeman you know waiting with, with longer term injuries but um, really really looking forward to seeing this squad rotate through Christmas and being a lot stronger than we ever have been and rightly so top of league one is, uh, is a nice place to be one of Wickham's key performers this season and of recent seasons Anthony Stewart not in the squad tonight any news oh. I missed Anthony, didn't I? Sorry, yeah. Uh, Anthony's been ill, um, and Ryan Tafazoli has been ill. Uh, Ryan recovered <laughs> enough to be on the bench, um, but Anthony, Anthony didn't didn't recover in time, and uh, and so we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to make sure that he's fit and well to uh, to return. Um, illnesses this time of year, not just the pandemic, but illnesses in in general, can weaken you this time of year. And and again, in recent years, we've probably come a cropper to that uh, where you know people have just been under power we've had to play them because they're our players but putting Chris Farino in for Ryan Tafazola today yeah some might say it's a brave decision but not when you work with Chris every day and not when you see what he can give you so um, no really proud of him but um, got a wealth of uh, a wealth of players ready to come in when, when needed uh, and, and some of these young boys as well you know, bringing up the rear and Adam Leathers, Alec Pendlebury, you know, uh, Ali and TJ, people like that. You know, Jack Wakeley. I, I don't want to miss anyone out, but they're all they're all pushing these boys and, and making them uh, making them keep hold of their places, which is what a football club should be. Does it help that Anis Mometi has, has opened the path for them now? Yeah, um, the pathway is always open for youngsters. You know, I can't I can't think how many league debuts I have given to these youngsters, but um, they've taken them. 
um, they have a chance here that's the, that's the thing you know you speak to some of these young boys agents and they say there's a pathway you always get your chance at Wickham um, there's, there's players that will be in B teams elsewhere and, 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 and reserve teams that will be 24, 25 still waiting for that chance they get it here young uh, and, uh, and I think it's, it's brilliant that they do um, we've got another player in, uh, in Chris and, uh, and but like I say Ali Alhamidi TJ Jack Wakeley you know, underneath they're coming through kind of Parsons we've got some players coming through brilliant to talk about Wickham Wanderers in this vein um, but back to the first team tonight was a, was a great win because I thought this would be a really tough game turned out to be a tough game second half definitely but uh, the damage was done in the first half and the boys deserve to win Brilliant performance from David Wheeler, we have to say, uh, who came on and shored everything up and made sure. It, for, from that point, before then, it did look like Burton may well get an equaliser. And as soon as David Wheeler came on, you did think, oh, yeah, OK, we look like we're going to be OK now. And sure enough, we were. But there do seem to be other you know, players who've, who've come in for praise as well. Obviously, uh, Chris on his uh, Chris Brilliant, on his yeah, debut. yeah, really good. I mean, he, he, he was he was man of the match, and and you know, and deservedly so. Um, really good to see him him coming through. Uh, we hear more about him later on. Uh, oh, from a good Carol. tease. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because his his pathway to the first team is quite an interesting one and an unexpected one as well. Um, we want to give a bit of praise as well to uh, all the fans on the Valley Terrace. Now, we spoke earlier on in the season, if you remember, about the drummer oh, yes. um, and the fact that actually musical instruments aren't now allowed in the ground uh, I've got a lot of respect and time for the drummer and I completely understand you know he, he did a lot of good but one of the things that we did say was that the trouble with drumming all the time is that actually it means that some creative things that might happen didn't then get to happen because actually the drumming very much dominated and there was a perfect example on Tuesday night uh, and a very festive example as well Very creative in the writing room there for that one. Excellent. I particularly like the five tapazolis, which they did very, very enthusiastically. Uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Can we have more of that, please? Particularly the, the 12 days of Ryan Tapazoli. Uh, that, that was brilliant. Something else which was significant about Tuesday, it was the Rainbow Laces game and uh, Wickham Wanderers uh, Sport and Education Trust uh, head. Uh, Paul Foley has been chatting to Alicia about uh, the... Uh, well, the whole, uh, the whole Rainbow Laces and uh, Stonewall campaign. The Stonewall charity is a charity that seeks to further inclusion when it comes to LGBTQ plus community. The Rainbow Laces campaign is a, a way of bringing LGBTQ rights to the forefront of, of public knowledge or awareness. Um, it involves football clubs and sports clubs nationwide wearing rainbow laces or laces in the shoes that, that are rainbow coloured as a show of solidarity with the LGBTQ plus community. And why is the Rainbow Laces campaign necessary, do you think, in football? I, th- I think it's it, it's not just necessary in football, it's... it's it's required throughout society. There are still people who um, have bigoted views when it comes to people's sexuality. Stonewall have done many, many surveys and a lot of research around the way that, that people from the LGBTQ 
plus community feel when it comes to participating and supporting in sports. 20% of fans still thought that some LGBTQ language, disparaging language, if it was said in a, in a banterish way, was still acceptable, which, which clearly it shouldn't be. So I think there's still quite a way to go in order to make sure that people from the LGBTQ plus community feel welcome in sports. And um, what do you think clubs like Wickham Wanderers and obviously the Community and Education Trust that we've got here, what do you think we should be doing as well as Rainbow Laces in the future to sort of keep furthering those, those goals? Yeah, I think it's it's all about showing that Wickham Wanderers as a as a community club puts itself at the forefront of these sorts of discussions. I think that the more football clubs talk about these sorts of things, the more awareness is raised. I think when when we're going out, our staff, our coaches, our teachers are going into schools and having these conversations around rainbow laces and LGBTQ plus rights. I think that can can only help, uh, and even if it just helps one person, then that's a, a step closer to being a more inclusive society as a whole. As a club, we've also got the All Quarters Club. Could you talk us through sort of what that is all about? Yeah, of course. So the All Quarters Project is a it's a fan learning and consultation project where the overall aim is to make the football club more engaging to four traditionally underrepresented groups, those being people from the LGBTQ plus community, plus people from minority ethnicities, women and girls and people with disabilities. So what we're trying to do, and this is us as the charitable arm of the football club, the football club themselves, plus Wickham Wanderers Trust, part owners of the football club, we're working together to hold monthly consultation and learning events where we're gaining fan feedback on ways that the football club could better engage and, and really be for everybody. Um, so we've currently held four or five of the events and we've got six or seven still to go. Um, got some great feedback and hopefully there'll be some changes that, that are implemented off the back of the feedback we've received. Uh, and again, overall aim being more people want to come down to the football club and enjoy a game on a Saturday and, and feel like the football club really is for them. Paul Foley from the Wickham Wanderers Sport and Education Trust uh, speaking uh, to the club uh, and, and Alicia. Speaking to the club and Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, speaking to the club. Is your brain not working? Comma, today? Alicia. Um, from speaking the club. to one of the club's media officials. Let's, let's say that. Povey. Yeah, let's yeah, say that. Yeah, uh, but really good to hear. So uh, I really like what he said as well. Yeah, about, no, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, it is, the, the club is for all. Um, and yeah, you know, really great that they've got on board with the Rainbow Laces campaign. Also, actually, a bit of a heads up, if you check out the, uh, the club's social media, you'll see and hear although mostly here an interview with Tyron who's from the uh, Chairboys LGBTQ yeah, been lots of good stuff this week and he speaks very well about how inclusive the club is and the things that they do do they do do we are very lucky to have the club that we have in our town absolutely I've said that I know I say that every week and very lucky as uh, John Bignall will say surely Indeed, the yes. manager that we do yes you've got his name right this time thank you uh, not that you got it wrong the first time I was going to say I, got uh, it right. no, I just didn't true. have the faith in myself uh, and we will still be hearing from Gareth Ainsworth as well in the show uh, about uh, Swiss Army Knives and we'll update you on how Wickham Wanderers women are doing too here at Wickham Sound online on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM this is Wickham Sound mm-hmm. 
Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show, uh, Bob caught up with uh, Wickham manager Gareth Ainsworth a little earlier on today. There's also a contribution from Siri in the chat. Yes, there there is. Have you left that bit in? Yeah. <laughs> As I initially took that out, I, I just Gareth's voice suddenly changed, and I thought, what on earth is that? But but he he picked up perfectly from where Siri then picked up. If you see what I mean. So I I, I thought it was him. Listen closely or you'll miss it. Okay. It's quite entertaining. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was worth leaving in. No, 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 definitely. No, I'm pleased that you have left it <laughs> Especially now we flagged it up, because yeah. <laughs> you might not have noticed it otherwise. Uh, but first, a big thank you to the Wickham Wanderers uh, Ex-Players Association for uh, our regular um, slot. Do you, would you call it a slot? Yeah, yes. Yeah, regular feature. Feature, that's better. Feature. Uh, this week we're chatting to John Bignall, a man who, uh, among other things, has served on the, uh, the Trust Board. Uh, he's also, as you'll hear, been the Secretary of the uh, Capital League side, uh, which are, essentially were uh, the reserves... Uh, he was in charge of them uh, when Martin O'Neill's time. But, as you'll hear, he's been associated with the club a lot longer than that. Yeah, well, um, my father used to uh, go and watch Wickham and lots of the, uh, lots of the family, and uh, I re- remember going at a very young age, but like a lot of children at the time, certainly my boys did the same, actually not taking a lot of interest in the football, rolling about on the banks behind the goal, that sort of thing. But my first major memory is watching the game that Wickham played against the Ugandan FA 11, which was in August 56, so that's 65 years ago. Um, and it was, I mean, they won 10-1. Uh, there were 7,500 people there, and it sort of, it just, it was a, a it just blew your mind, really, for me as a, as a, as a young child, to standing watching all these people, and the atmosphere was just electric. Um, and that was... I think the third game of the season they'd already played some league matches but you know that sort of crowd was uh, something that stuck with me and of course because the game was recorded on Pathé News it's something that you, I've been able to dip into over the years and not many people get their first game their first Wickham game uh, being televised unless of course it's it's in you know in the last 20 or 30 years or so when everything is televised but uh, yeah that was the start really. And were there any sort of particular players uh, from that era that particularly stood out? Yes, th- yeah, there was. I mean, um, Lem Worley to me was always the was always my favourite, um, and of course he went through from from the fifties right the way through almost into the seventies, and he finished at the end of sixty nine. Um, he was just a, a magical player, really. He, he could excite people. Um, he could frustrate people, um, you know, because he liked to beat people more than once. Um, but, yeah, he was a, a very, very good player. But they had, uh, you know, at that time there were people like Paul Bates and uh, Jack Tomlin and um, the centre-half Michael Wicks. I mean, the, the whole team were really very good players um, and probably, well, obviously Len himself did play, as you know, because I know you've spoken to him, but he did play for... Tottenham and Charlton, so they could have had a lot of them careers in in, in pro football. But um, as was with a lot of amateur players at the time, they they you know, they all had jobs, and you know they preferred to stay in the amateur game. And of course, such an interesting time during the sixties when the club had a committee and coaches who were overseen by the board members. The team was picked by committee. They used to meet on a Monday night, and they would they would pick their team and give it to the the then coach because we didn't have managers and it was coaches um and it did cause i I think in the days of sid can it worked but i think in the 60s um 
football was changing and it did cause some <laughs> some problems. And I, I seem to remember a time when Barry Darby was manager that the, the committee wanted certain players to play and Barry Darby didn't want them. And I remember one time the, the team nearly went on strike um, over a, a people being sort of forced into the team. And uh, it was quite interesting because I can think these days if, if things are not going very well, it's always the manager that... Um, that sort of gets the rocket from the supporters but in those days I can remember cries of committee resign so it was uh, yeah it was a strange thing but of course Brian changed all that it was the first thing he did when he arrived and I think it was one of the uh, one of the things that he ha- had to be agreed for him to take the job so in those days you were just a supporter you weren't actually sort of involved in the committee no, no I was I was very much yeah very much a supporter I don't think I I don't think I missed a game in those days at all anywhere i, I I, I just loved it. It was, um, yeah, and uh, it's interesting looking back. A couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, when we played Ipswich on a, a Tuesday night, and the atmosphere at Adams Park that night was absolutely electric, I felt. You know, there was about six and a half thousand there. And it sort of took me back to the early days uh, when we first had floodlights at Blokes Park. And that, it was a similar sort of atmosphere. There was something very, very special about evening games the atmosphere it was just wonderful sort of you know walking up to the ground and, and, and being there so yes it's 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 great it's continued and um the atmosphere at games at lokes park was something very very special i think only people that could have um experienced it would uh, would understand really but um yeah, as I say, that Ipswich game a few weeks ago, everybody seemed to be up for it. Huge crowds and queues getting into the ground, and it was really great to, to, to be there. So then how did it become uh, that you were involved in the club in an administrative level? Well, that really uh, happened in the, in the 90s. Um, it was the first season that, that the club were in the Football League, um, and they needed um, a secretary to look after the Capital League team, which... At that time, um, you know, a bit, bit like the development squad today, um, it was it, it was the reserve team, but they played in a league then, and it was we, we'd only just gone full time pro, so they didn't have enough players to to put out two teams of the full time pro, so they would draft in people for on trialists for most league games. So it was a mixture of um, trialists and people coming back from injury, that sort of thing. And we there were a, a league game which uh, uh, would consist of teams like Colchester and um, Lake Norian, but, as well, but Woking and some of the older teams that we played back in the amateur days. So um, that was pretty interesting. So I got to uh, do the admin for that and, and go with the team to all of their games home and away. And uh, yeah, that was that was quite a, an interesting time because Martin. O'Neill being the manager was a great guy to work alongside and um, some great, great times really. I remember one particular when um, Simon Garner joined Wickham. Yeah, I, I believe he's still the leading Blackburn scorer of all time, but he joined us from West Brom, having played against us in an FA Cup game. And uh, so he was a big, big signing. But uh, I remember introducing myself to him and saying, Look, I you know I help look after the Capital League team, which is in fact the reserve team. Um, so I don't think you'll be seeing much of me. And he said, uh, "Well, I sincerely hope not." But the adjective he used was slightly stronger than sincerely. If you get my meaning, he uh, 
he, he certainly didn't want to be playing in the reserves. Um, I think he did have a couple of games, actually. But uh, we had some interesting players, actually, play in that time. Because it was people that we thought might get in the team and were coming to the end of their careers. I mean, Kenny Sampson, the England fullback, played a game. So, uh, yeah, that was it. So I got involved during then and, um, you know, stayed helping the club secretaries on match days. And um, so it was a very enjoyable time, really. As you say, you must have seen some, some sort of great talent in the reserves who, who are perhaps, you know, just coming through as well. Yeah, I mean, one of the players, well, I think now when, when I watch TV at the moment, you know, Graham Potter, the, uh, the, the Brighton manager, played a few games. He signed, he, he actually had, I think, about four games in the first team, but he played in the Capital League for us then. And, um, yeah, and, and, you know, sometimes we had a really strong side. I remember us going to Cambridge one day with pretty much a full side with Dave Carroll and Steve Guppy and all those people playing. Steve Thompson, I think we won about 6-1. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was certainly an interesting time. And, of course, the club was progressing all the time, really. Um, of course, that first season um, in the league, we, we ended up at, at, at Wembley, the first team, playing the playing Preston in the, in, the, in the playoff final. It must have been such an exciting feeling as well. As you say, such a special time and, and the progress the club was making to have such a behind-the-scenes role. Well, that's right. I mean, one of the things that, that struck me actually about that season was, I mean, way back in the, in the, I think it was about 1960, Frank Adams, who, as you know, was the benefactor of uh, Lokes Park, opened a new sports shop in the, in the, the new Murray's department store in, in Wickham. And I, along with hundreds of other sort of schoolboys at the time, lined up out into White Hart Street to get the autograph of Tom Finney, who was the English international who was opening the store. I still got it somewhere, that autograph. But the day at Wembley, when we beat them in the, the playoff final, when we beat Preston, um, you know, being part of the Wickham party, I, I met Tom Finney before the game and after the game, he was one of the first people to sort of congratulate me on Wickham's success. And I sort of thought, well, this is amazing, really. And come from sort of queuing up to get it my autograph to now being with this, this guy here, you know, in the, in the great halls of Wembley. So it was, yeah, marvellous times, really. Oh, it's fantastic to sort of hear those stories and also for you to have that, uh, that sort of memory to, to sort of have as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and, I mean, I was lucky enough in my sort of teenage years to have a couple of really good friends that, that played for Wickham so I would go and watch them and, um, and go to various functions with them and so I sort of became part of Wickham really from a very early age and got to know quite lots of players who in fact you know I, I still know a lot of them now um, from those days uh, because as you know um, you know the ex-players association is very strong and um, so it's great really to be involved with that as well uh, with the guys that I used to go and watch all those years ago. I was going to say, it must have been great, the sort of relationships you had with the players at the time, as you say, but also the players that you'd have watched as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things you, you, that comes through with, with Wickham and you, the people that you've spoken to on, on your show, uh, they all really say the same thing, that there's this special, something special, it's a special atmosphere, and when you played for Wickham, you know, you, it, the, the people that have been there over the years have something something about them so nowadays you know mixing with players from all different eras um they all mix really well together but you know they're nice people and i think that's it, it says a lot about the club and the people that have run it over the years you know way back into the 50s right the way through to the present day 
I'm sure everyone doesn't, doesn't they say that their club's special, but it does feel, as you say, from the ex-players that we've spoken to and many people associated with the club, that, that Wickham is, is something that's that's quite, I guess, sort of difficult to, to sort of sum up in, 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 in what's yeah, special about it. I think it's intangible, really, Colin. It's, it's, it, but it's, I think you could put a lot of it down to the managers, really, over the years. Um, Sid Cowan, Brian Lee, Martin O'Neill, and through to Gareth, getting the the right people there as players, you know, they, they're not just good footballers, they've got the right character and that sort of thing and it makes it makes such a difference to the team ethic. Um, as I say, I've seen it down the years and it's still prevalent today, absolutely. Obviously, the style of football's changed dramatically but, uh, um, you know, I mentioned Glenn Worley and there was also, of course, back in that time you had Tony Horseman, local lad, scoring all those goals and then through to, in, in the 70s, Brian Lee's team, which won the league three, uh, four times out in five seasons. People like Larry Pritchard, who was probably one of the best amateur footballers around at that time. Um, and into the 80s, we had Noel Ashford, who was also an exceptionally good player. Then into Martin's time, David Carroll and Guppy and Steve Thompson. So And then, and then you've got the, the, the present... Um, group of players uh, and some really exciting players yeah I mean um, absolutely it's um, it's great I mean it's like like everything else in football you know you can't win everything and you can't win all the time but um, there's been far more ups than downs I have to say and you must be especially pleased to be able to observe the club from from such a span if you like from the, from the 50s right up to today's you know successful side being in the championship last season yeah well that's right I mean obviously that was very disappointing for, for all of us not being able to, to watch them when they were there but I mean the way we started this season um, and the the stated ambition I think now with the, with the, uh, the the new investment that we've got um, there's no reason why we shouldn't go on and, and continue that success really I mean I'm very confident and uh, hopeful about the future um, so yeah that's 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 really great. I mean, I, you know, you can't speak hardly enough of Gareth as a manager either. I think he's he, he's exceptional. I think we're, you know, not not just his football ability, but basically um, the whole ethos about him is the way the commitment to the community and to players and, and people. Um, I, I think we're very very fortunate to have him as manager, and you know, long may he long may he continue in the role. Really nice to hear from uh, John there, and uh, brilliant to hear you know his, his stories from such a, a, a long period. I love the Tom Finney story because you can you can picture that whole scene, can't you, of the boys sort of like queuing up, probably quite well behaved, absolutely queuing in the way that you in know, quite long shorts, yeah, <laughs> yes, indeed, uh, and just asking for an autograph. You know, th- things that these days as well would never really happen. You know, these days if uh, you know, let's just assume that i don't know ronaldo was coming to wickham or something like that you know you you'd get people sort of holding up signs saying can i have your shirt yes and, and you know and they wouldn't be trying to get his autograph they'd just be trying to get a selfie or something yes. like that um but yeah diff- different generation uh, but really really interesting to hear and john was also saying um off air that uh, he and jdt when uh, before the restrictions were in place but he they uh, would take round players who weren't uh, playing in the the current team uh, to meet uh, players who some of the ex-players oh, who were wow. there as well and also anyone else who was in the sort of the boxes oh, and stuff really like nice. that so that, a fantastic opportunity for that sort of cross-generational sort of thing yeah definitely really really nice i mean they do excellent work as well the the ex-players association so thank you very much to jdt uh, and all the team 
Yeah, they've got their, well, as it stands, they've got their annual dinner in the spring as well. Oh, yes, yes. Their, their Christmas dinner. They're, they're, not, they're not doing... <laughs> no, it was going to be last week, I think, officially, it would have been. Yeah. Then, then honestly, they're not holding it quietly and pretending that it didn't happen. You've mentioned Christmas dinner as well now. That's really got me thinking about food. Has it? Oh, sorry. Uh, still to come on the Wicked Monster Show, parsnips. No, uh, we'll be uh, hearing from manager Gareth Ainsworth. <laughs> He'll be reflecting on Swiss Army knives. <laughs> yeah, that gets mentioned. And uh, AFC Wimbledon and their, their, their heritage. Lots to look forward to. Pigs in blankets. Uh, he doesn't talk about that. Here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Final part of the Wickham Wanderer show. Uh, still to come, uh, Bob's chat with Gareth Ainsworth, accompanied by Siri. Do- why, why do we always do that thing during the, when, when you play that jingle where we both sort of like put our, our arms in the air as if we're at some sort of like 90s rave or something? Because it just feels appropriate. I suppose it does. It's, it's like... We don't do it with any other jingles. Wickham Sound jingles done by Carter USM or something. We don't do... Pardon? That's a strange reference. Because uh, we, do, we don't well, do any like line dancing to any other... I didn't want to say their other... actual name because it's before the watershed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look it up on Google. <laughs> I... I can't even think of any of their songs, to be honest. Oh, Sheriff Batman. Sorry? Sheriff Batman. Right. The only living boy in New Cross. <laughs> oh, you obviously weren't as much of a fan as I was. No. Actually, I had a friend who was a fan. So really? Like, yes, yeah. Oh, they were a good band, though. All right. Yeah. This should be in our Not the Wicked Wanderer <laughs> show that we're going to do, where we just talk about any old rubbish. Yeah, I was quite surprised. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? How stuff just comes up. It does, yes. Uh, and uh, coming up now, we're going to talk about Wicked Wanderer's women. I got it right this week. Uh, I, I think last year, last week, we called, and probably last year, but we, we was all right to last year, uh, we called them Wickham Wanderers Ladies briefly, but oh, we sorry. corrected us. Yes, I know, I, I do make that mistake, uh, but Colin does throw me one of his cross looks when I say that. <laughs> um, so I'm now saying Wickham Wanderers <laughs> women. They beat the Winchester City Flyers, who I still think sound like an ice hockey side. Um, they beat them 2-1. Um, and so we move up to now our fifth place um, in the nine-team table. Um, we currently have ten points uh, from nine games. Uh, so things definitely looking up uh, for Wickham Wanderers women um and they have a cup game at this coming sunday um so they will be traveling to abingdon united uh in the i believe it is the southern region women's league cup fantastic all the best to dave uh, ward and the team uh, as they uh, continue their their season hopefully uninterrupted this yes. season as well uh, if you get the chance to get along to uh, Spring Lane to go and see them. They definitely don't need Plan B coming along and, and you know, disrupting them again. What, the rapper? Uh, not him, no. <laughs> get the music references in this week. You, so you, you lose me with rap, rap sorry. Well, no, I, I can't pretend to be an aficionado, but I just happen to know that Plan B is... I'm, I'm impressed. I, I <laughs> 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 you probably know more about Carter USM than me. I do, yes, yeah. 30-something. Is that how old he is? 1992, the Love album, uh, and other <laughs> albums are available, but those are the, those are the best two. Um, uh, so, yes, I spoke to Gareth Ainsworth earlier on today, uh, and it was very entertaining because he talks about um, the heritage of Wimbledon. Briefly, but even so, uh, it very much, it's interesting to know whereabouts um, he, he lies on the what you think about uh, franchising in football. And it, it very much his opinion is the, the right, uh, on the right side. I'm not just saying this because you're here. Oh, I suppose I'm a bit. Uh, but it is a really good chat. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It was good this morning. Um, you know, we do, I think we went on for about 12 minutes and, uh, you know, and it felt only like about three or four. Well, we get to listen. I, I, people think that when they listen back to it. <laughs> Feels like a lot longer. No. So we're looking ahead to AFC Wimbledon. We are. Li- listening out for Swiss Army Knives. Yes. 
and Siri and the, and the Siri bit and the, the, the line is not that good because unfortunately he was only able to be with us on a mobile and so when the Siri bit happens I genuinely thought it was him and that his phone had gone a bit strange and I was sort of sitting there then thinking that's really odd his, he, he, his phone has gone so strange that he's actually used a different voice and it was only when you came in later on that you pointed out that it was Siri <laughs> yeah make sure you don't miss that because it's easily missable uh, Bob chatting to Wickham Waters manager Gareth Ainsworth only this morning. Let's take you back first of all to Tuesday night um, and a fantastic uh, league debut for Chris Farino. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a great performance all round and a bit of a call on Chris really because obviously everyone would, uh, would be wondering where Anthony Stewart and Ryan Tapazoli were. Uh, Ryan was on the bench and Anthony were both been ill. So, uh, you know, I think you've got you've to trust your your players sometimes and trust putting trust in some of these young back boys. Knowledge is good. It, it's not all not only uh, only great for Chris, but great for the rest of the development squad as well. That they've not got a chance. But I mean, what what a great performance by the boy! Yeah, he's uh, he won every header. He, he uh, I think having JJ and Jack Gummery either side of him helps, and David Stockdale behind him. You know, I'd like to make my debut with those there. It's uh, it was brilliant for him, you know, to have all that experience around him. But he's a player that I've, uh, you know, I watched him in his first trial game here, and he was just brought in really to make the numbers up. If I'm being totally honest, because we uh, we were short of a couple of centre halves in a trial game. Sam Grace brought him in. Um, I don't know if Sam knew much about him, but just seeing him in that one game, I just said, get him training with us, um, and within two weeks of training. I'd, I'd made my decision. You know, I knew that he would uh, he would have something that potentially could turn into a, a good career, and uh, and he's uh, he's proven himself day in day out. He's worked really hard on his. Uh, he came in and he wasn't up to shape. You know, his, his back was a little bit all over the place, and he hadn't been training. He'd been at university and going down that route, and he needed to get up to that. So his first test was to uh, to go in the gym for three months and, and, and sort himself out back-wise, posture-wise, get strength-wise and trust my my medical team with Keanu Doherty and, and Ali Vogelzang who, who worked really hard with him as well and, and Isaac Leckie. So uh, they've got him up to speed. He's been patient. Made a little debut at Hartlepool in the FA Cup and, and scored, which was brilliant for him. And uh, and he's been waiting his chance and everyone wants your league debut. That's the one you want. And uh, he got it the other night. And, and funnily enough, as you speak to me, he's just come into me this morning and said to me, thank you, thanks for my opportunity, Gaffer. And that's, that's again, a great trait. His, his humility is, uh, is important as well. And I just said to him, you deserve that. It's, it's nothing to do with me. But um, he's, uh, he's now got to keep those consistent performances and keep the pressure on those players above him aforementioned, you know. But I'm um, really proud and pleased with Chris and, uh, and to, to, uh, to have a debut with a, with a win. Obviously, is the icing on the cake for him. Yeah, I mean, that's an absolutely lovely, heartwarming story. And, and also, one of the things I think it also says to, to any uh, footballer who might be interested in coming to Wickham Wanderers is <laughs> you'll get a chance. You, you know, even if you're coming to make up the numbers, there's a chance that actually one day you'll be, you'll be pulling on the light in dark blue quarters. Yeah, you never make up the numbers once you're in the building, you know, believe me. You're doing in the trial games, you know, we, we have, we have uh, sometimes there's positions where we need to fill in the trial game and we'll go, right, this boy's got a chance, he comes in and uh, and that was Chris's story, you know, and and, uh, and it's fantastic that he's put his, his education on hold and, and, and come in. But as you say, you know, the likes of TJ DeBar, um, 
Ali Alhamadi, who's coming lately, you know, they're exciting players. You know, we've got one or two out on loan at the moment. I don't want to name them all and miss one out. So all the, all the development boys are under Sam Grace's reign. And, and it's, uh, it's, they've all got a chance to play at Wickham because I do like a small squad. Um, you know, recent managers have been in my office after games saying they've got too big a squad. Uh, opposition managers saying we've got too big a squad, but, you know, we're struggling. And I'm thinking, well, that's of your own making, you know. I, 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 I don't complain. I always mention we have a small squad, but it's by design. It really is by design. And having these boys now to to come in and, and bolster up when there's when there's gaps in the squad, it's brilliant. And uh, and they're proving they're good enough. And they'll get the trust here. They get the opportunities. And as you say, Wickham Wanderers does give young boys a chance. We've, we've, we've seen that and done that, and uh, and I'm proud of doing that. Did you get to the bottom at all of what happened with regards to Burton's goal on Tuesday night? Because it, it was very curious, and I think you can always tell in, in a football match the fact that the Burton fans didn't seem to celebrate it. So, something happened that made everybody think that actually the play had stopped. Yeah, the, the, it looked like there was a foul in there. It looked like there was a push. It, it looked like the ball went in slow motion. It, I think I think everyone stopped because the, I think there was a foul or, or a push or something, and it was a it was a really weird goal. And David Stockdale was totally unsighted. Um, he couldn't see at all through the Malaya players, and uh, and it just seemed to go in slow motion. And uh, it was a strange one for me, but I'm actually glad it wasn't a 30 yard top corner because that might have that might have um, enthused all the fans and the players to get back in it. But it was almost like as Burton just scored, it was weird, you know. And uh, but uh, you know the the, uh, the reaction the boys made was, was brilliant. They they really saw the game home well, and I think we should, we, we should have scored one or two more and. Uh, and that's great when you say that because you're creating plenty of chances. But um, no, really pleased with the three points. Um, just um, looking at the next game now, which is Saturday. But um, yeah, I'm sure the uh, the boys can take heart from a great performance, especially in that first half. Yeah, and one of the players um, who played, I thought, so well um, was David Wheeler, a player who, who you know comes on. He, he goes quietly about his business, but he very much shored the game up for you in the second half. Um, I'll have to say that I think that was a turning point in the game. I thought that, and being honest, I thought first half was, you know, eighty twenty Wickham Wanderers. We were we were we were all over, and we really did put the game to them, and that's where we did our damage. But I thought the game started going towards a fifty fifty game, where, which could have gone either way. And once David Wheeler came on, I thought the game changed right in our favour again. I thought we then then went back to the, the you know, the, the the percentages that we were getting in the first half. Um, that is just the mark of that man. He is, uh, he's unbelievable, you know, and, and he won't mind you telling this, telling you this, but um, it was a really tough decision to leave Dave out because, and it wasn't leaving him out. It was, it was starting him on the bench as, as, as old managers say, because he was absolutely phenomenal at Sheffield Wednesday at Plymouth. You know, he, he, he really was brilliant. And it's, as a manager, you have to make these decisions sometimes for the good of the team and, and, and the, and the system you want to play, and and I thought playing Alex and Gareth together would have really opened Burton up, and and it did, you know, it really did. And and, uh, and Dave said to me, he said, Gaffer, he said, this is this is your decision. He said it. This is before the game, a couple of days before. He said, he said, I'm I will back you, whatever you decide, Gaffer. And if we win five nil, he said, I'll be the happiest man. Even if we don't win, he said, I'll back you. He said because of what you've done, and uh, and to have someone like that in your dressing room. You know, we actually call him the Swiss Army Knife because he, he absolutely will fit in anywhere and do a job as good as anyone, you know. 
there's probably a corkscrewing and nail file in there somewhere as well, like the Swiss Army knives, you know. But he's 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 unbelievable, honestly. He really is. He's a he's a top top guy. He's very intelligent. He leads the, the dressing room as well. You know, with the, with the likes of Bloomfield coming away and and Akinfenwa not being around as much as as he used to be, because there's obviously a lot going on and other commitments with him. And Wheeler is coming to the front as one of these these leaders in that in that dressing room and and with an intellect and, a, and, a, and an intelligence that, you know, he knows he knows people. He's doing a leadership degree at university and I think he's working people out and knows how to motivate different people. So what you see on the pitch, he just gives as much off the pitch as well. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of Dave. I think he's a, he's a great, great advert for a Wickham Wanderers player. And if you need a screwdriver, he comes in handy as well. <laughs> and a torch and anything, yeah, he's, he's brilliant. <laughs> um, and so AFC Wimbledon uh, on Saturday, um, a, a side who are, are towards the bottom of the table, but definitely have improved in recent weeks. Yeah, and, and if I'm honest, one of our t- one of our bogey-ish sides, can I say, because we, we, we always, I've got a connection there, obviously, I, I played for Wimbledon, and, and I, that's that, that Wimbledon's the Wimbledon for me, that one um, that's coming on Saturday, you know, that they have the history of um, the, the true Wimbledon for me, and that that is going to be a tough game, you know, they're a very good side when they're on their game and, and they play a real good style of football, you know, they've got some young boys, some energy, they've got some some big men up front as well that they can go into with Presley and Palmer and so they've got um, a bit of everything uh, and, and also they've got, you know, Robbo's a new manager where, where he's trying to he's trying to put his stamp down and he's done fantastically well last season and this season. Um a lot of respect for that club uh, from what they've been through and where they've come from and uh, and obviously I played for that club as well so I'm hoping we can get one over on them because um, because they have been a tough side against us in recent years you know we go there and it's always tough well, well we haven't been to Parliament mate, and we can't wait to get back there um, never played there as a player for them but um be awesome to see that place I've been there scouting a couple of times but at Kingstonian it was always tough it was always a tough ground to go to and visit um I'm hoping that Adams Park can be a tough ground for them to visit on Saturday because uh, they really have given us good games in this uh, this competition, this, this football league over the years. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it, but we'll be well prepared as well. And as we enter then the, the crazy Christmas period, I mean, it's not, not too bad yet because obviously you've then, then got the week until the, the Bolton game, but after that it gets pretty crazy. But brilliant that we are still currently, you know, level on, on points uh, at the top with Rotherham and Wigan. Annoying that Wigan got the, the last minute goal last night. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone knows as me, you know, when you say you don't look at other results. Of course you do, you know, and that was, uh, that was one we were hoping shoes we would hang on for. But um, they're good sides, you know, they're very good sides. Rotherham and Wigan, both, both very good sides. Sunderland coming on our tails as well. And then you look at the, the six behind them, you know, with you, you Portsmouth, your Oxfords, your, your MK Dons up there. So we've got great company around us. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do um, over the Christmas period, as you say. Again, historically, we've always, always sort of struggled a little bit. But this season just feels different. It feels like we have the right squad, the right timing, the right ages of the squad, the development boys coming through. We had that little break last week. I don't think the schedule's as mental this year as it ever is. The teams we've played so far away from home, I think we've played a lot of the big teams away from home. So I think there's a lot of things in our favour, um, but we just have to stay consistent, stay driven, stay focused, and more importantly, stay fit, because I know that if I've got my my best 17, 18 players, 
they will be a match for absolutely anyone in this league. Really interesting to hear that uh, Gareth thinks that uh, this season feels special. Yes. And interesting about 17 or 18. Not, no, no, not, yes, it's great that we've now got a squad rather than a team, but he doesn't want too bigger of a squad. He likes a small squad. He doesn't want sort of bingo numbers like we've seen in some of the, like the Pizza Cup games. No, some very big numbers on the backs of shirts. Yes, indeed. Where you think, oh, how have you got number 90 on you? Um, also interesting about David Wheeler. Oh, uh, very. Yes. Which uh, bit of a Swiss Army knife would you be, I wonder, Mr. Besley? That's a very good question. I'd say possibly... <laughs> <laughs> the magnifying glass some of them do a magnifying Ooh, okay. glass alright okay Possibly. I think I'd be the pen uh huh do you get a Almost, pen yeah it? sometimes you get a little pen Ooh, yeah. advanced yeah. very advanced yeah. uh, also taking from that interview really nice um, obviously you mentioned David Wheeler um, he said he would back him you know even if they lost which is really nice wasn't that great that was a really really nice bit nice to hear um, not, not a huge surprise uh, you know we've heard so much you know he's such an intelligent emotionally intelligent bloke David Wheeler isn't he he, he really is a, another one of those generals in the side quiet general but you know really really important cog in the wheel of Wickham Wanderers and great to hear that actually yeah you know he, he, he completely understands if he's not in the team and he still wants them to go and win five now and even someone like Chris Farina as well thanking the manager for giving yeah, his lead again, was lovely. you know that, that was lovely and fascinating as well that actually he was brought in basically yeah, to, to make, make up, up the, number. the numbers and you think oh well, yeah goodness me you know there, there's hope for us all maybe not you and I Colin but oh, it, it, not quite indeed, all but you know what I mean no definitely it, actually if you're you're contacted and they say well come along and you know we, we, we want you to play in a trial match well you never know and John Bingle as well touching on a little earlier on and something you've said many times as well how lucky we are to have the manager I know at one point earlier this week there was a yes, speculation Bingley. once again Preston goodness <laughs> me they get through their managers don't they Stop, stop getting rid of your manager, but it's all right, they've already appointed, so they've appointed the Plymouth Argyle manager, which is a bit of a surprise. Yeah. You know. Because he hasn't been that, that long, hasn't Well, and also, it's one of those, oh, there's a possibility that actually next season you could have swapped round, and exactly. it might be in the Championship, well, Preston might be in League One. Why, yeah. why, why on earth do that? Also a surprise that Ipswich got rid of their manager. I know that after they'd beaten us 4-1, yes. they'd had a, a, a dip, but even so, I, you didn't see that coming back in, in November, did you? After, no, exactly. after the 4-1 where it felt like oh goodness me yeah, Ipswich might be promotion contenders and now they've got rid of their manager so AFC Wimbledon next and as you touched on there's, there's, there's a busy period coming up there is yes uh, and Bolton Wanderers is the, the next game after AFC Wimbledon um, uh, you know a trip up to the, the Reebok it's always going to be the Reebok to me uh, it's, it's always nice because it's still feels a bit like you're going to a Premier League ground even though they've obviously been through a, a lot uh, of trials and tribulations over the year uh, but very much also a, a game that we need to win again if we're serious about this promotion lark um, then we need to be beating AFC Wimbledon and performing very well against Bolton Wanderers as well before that busy Christmas period really does kick in uh, when we're then playing on Boxing Day and then got a big game away to Ipswich Town um, on Wednesday the 29th of December <laughs> It's very festive, isn't it? I think we should, it's very good. We could we could play this on you know in the run yeah. up to Christmas as well. It's very nice to have. There's a lot of tafazolis in that. It's definitely that's my favourite bit. I like the five tafazolis. The five tafazolis is good. The five tafazolis is good. I think that they should actually release it as a as a Christmas single. Maybe we could just play it as a song on Wickham Sound. Yeah, just loop it. Yeah, yeah. Three just, and a half minutes just, of just that. Just just put it in a few times tomorrow and see if anyone actually notices. It might stand out, I think. As l- along with the Siri bit of Gareth saying, knowledge is power. It's almost <laughs> like, a, what on earth was that? like a, a subliminal Yoda message, isn't it? It's like, 
It was like something from the Terminator. I was slightly, slightly worried when it said knowledge is power. It was a bit off-putting. Uh, join us next week for the Wicker Modra Show, where hopefully we'll have three more points. Say something odd. Um, uh, uh, we've managed to go through the whole thing again without mentioning the dog leads. Sorry, dogs. I, I feel like I'm letting them down. Uh, and my commission from the club shop is going down. Especially if they're up to Christmas. It's important to mention stuff like that. Five tappers, oldies. <laughs>